0: Welcome to the Love Anarchy Podcast and the Relationship Rebellion, where we get deep about love, relationships, and dating. I'm your host, Andrea Atherton, mindset coach and love specialist, here today to talk about the therapist, the provider's ability to strengthen spiritual and psychic connections so they can actually help heal their clients. There's been much research done on the client and their spiritual connection, like the spirituality and Alcoholics Anonymous. So in today's podcast, Anne and I are going to talk about our own personal experiences with intuition, with our connection to spirit, and how it plays out in the work that we've done as therapists and as I do as a coach now. Ann Cope has been in the field of psychotherapy for 25 years. She's been a crisis counselor. She's spent years in private practice. And most recently, she's working for a big medical facility as a behavioral health specialist where she focuses mainly on post-traumatic stress disorder and complicated post-traumatic stress disorder. Without further ado, Ann Cope. Welcome, Ann. Thanks. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. It's so good to uh, record in person and have your, have your energy here. Sweet. Yes. Well, thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit more about you. Or actually tell the listeners, because I know, but... <laughs> Well, so I've been a a therapist
1: for gee whiz since dirt, really. I think I started in 1997, but I've been um, like doing. I how do I put this? I did private practice on and off a couple of times over probably seven eight years, okay, something like that. And I've done lots of work on a crisis line and um, information referrals and. Worked at the local mental health center for a bit, but currently I'm uh, working in a medical system where we're doing the behavioral health piece and we get all of our uh, referrals and so forth through the, through the doctors. So we get to kind of co-create that, that process
0: together. And when we were doing the interview, you were talking about mostly seeing people dealing with trauma.
1: Yeah, so <clears throat> I would say probably 98% of the people I see have trauma of one kind or another and because it's like a medical setting oh, yeah. they have there's quite a bit of medical kinds of trauma but it's also stunning to me how many um people who are seniors are just discovering for themselves right now that they've had a trauma history and wow. that they've had PTSD forever.
0: Wow, that's PTSD. amazing. Yeah. And, and you're right. Most of my caseload is trauma. You know, we call it big T's and little T's and a combination of, but it, you know, they're, you know, mostly the people that end up in therapy and have experienced trauma, maybe coming in for other things too, like you said, for medical. Mm -hmm. But Anne and I have known each other. We actually started in a group together, um, Firebird, firefly, something. Oh, like. that's right. <laughs> then we uh, started um, working together to support each other and building our, our private practice. And um, I think it was like 2000. Yeah. Does yes, that sound right? right? 1999, oh, 2000,
1: something like that. That long ago.
0: That was a little while ago. We
1: were just talking earlier about how that makes us the unicorns yes. of the counseling world <laughs> because. The
0: average shelf life is, of a counselor is three years. Wow. So we've, you know, I'm, I'm not doing math right now or admitting to <laughs> <our>. <laughs> But yes, we've been, um, we are the the crones of the counseling world. Yes, I love that. That's way better than unicorn. Well, I like both. It depends. Uh, well, crone, yeah, is more ma- mature and... <laughs> And unicorn, I think, of little, uh, pretty stuffed animal. Mm. So where are we going to start in our discussion about spirituality and psychotherapy?
1: Well, you know, we were talking and it just sort of evolved into this lovely topic about um, spirituality and counseling. Yeah. And as we talked about that further, what we saw was that counseling is all about love. It is a way of connecting with people and helping people connect with themselves to self-love. And it's been a really cool
0: process, this podcast. Yeah. yeah. You know what I think about, too, is the reason why we've been able to stay so long is I don't sit in the ego. When I am very spiritually connected and I get the answer, so I'm not working my mind as much My mind is working, but my heart is leading from my spiritual connection. So people have asked, you know, and I've done other um, meditation and yoga and other spiritual practices too, but actually doing it when I'm sitting with a couple or an individual or in a group.
1: So that's how this whole sort of um, topic evolved for us, is that we were talking about how spirit sort of, came into my counseling world anyway. I know that it has for you too. And it's a situation where, um, gosh, in my life, it's like this little constant tap, tap, tap. I hear a little voice. And it's not like I'm not hearing voices, people. I <laughs> have a sense in my head, a felt sense of something, and it's it's just a, kind of like a whisper. And it's a knowing, an inner knowing, And that sort of has been with me since the whole
0: time I've been doing counseling. Well, when did you first discover this connection or being able to hear that connection in that way? Wow. Well, so I'd have to
1: say that would go back to um, graduate school. When I was first in internship and starting to practice counseling, um, And it scared the crap out of me, I'll be really honest. I did not know what this was. Um, and it was just sort of... I've always had this real sort of like... I don't know if I'd say psychic, but intuitive ability. And I would, even in childhood, kind of know when things were, were uh, happening. <laughs> and anyway, so... Because this was scary, I kept it to myself for a bit. Finally, I brought it up with somebody. I can't remember who I thought was safe enough to hear this, but that I would actually see things. And what I saw more than anything else was an energy. But it would look like, uh, remember those old black and white TV screens when, they, when the, the programming would go off back in the old days?
0: And you get this, they call it snow. Yep. So that's kind of what it looks like. It had like a black background and kind of looks like snow, and then has like a hissing noise when the channels would go off. That doesn't happen anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, there was a Star Spangled Banner before it. That's right. <laughs> that's right. People don't know what that is. So, but yes. Yeah, so imagine kind of like fuzz. Yes. Yeah. Very much. So, would you say you see
1: auras? Well, so once I finally got my mind around that I was having this experience and that it wasn't me going crazy, that I was I was fine. it was energy. Suddenly, then, instead of being like that fuzz, that sort of snow, I would notice that I'd be talking with people. and when we were right, I didn't notice this for a while, but I started having this gold yeah. color. Kind of it was sort of not really an aura around the person, but the whole room would fill.
0: So the energy of spirit. Light, so that right? was the energy of spirit, and
1: it would almost seem like my eyes were um, narrowing in. It seemed almost a little bit like a tunnel. I um, studied that to see well, what are the conditions of when this happens. You know, why is this happening? And what I came to understand was that it was when we were right in a moment and a part of the conversation that was meaningful. For the client, We're connected. So, you know, over time, many years, I have learned how to utilize that tool to
0: know when I'm headed in the right direction and that is love because you are connected from the heart when so you're doing much. that when you're really seeing and listening to somebody and then spirit comes in the room to kind of support yes. that healing I mean that that's all love energy it so is I've always felt like
1: you know and this is so it's so um not um condoned in our field that we uh, discuss spirituality or that we you know that it influences our practice at all so it feels a
0: little bit scary to
1: come out about it
0: (laughs) But, but I'm really talking to other therapists as we've been discussing this topic so I bring it up to other people and I think it develops even if you don't totally recognize it. Like, you're like, oh, how about this? You know, that when we are in that energetic phase of using all those parts of our brain and really tuned into people's body language and their energy, it you just start developing that intuitive and connected feeling. Absolutely. So it's like there's no way spirit
1: can't be in the room. Because you bring, I don't, you bring all of who you are into that room, all of it.
0: Exactly. And you know,
1: I mean, it's such a practice of like compartmentalizing and so forth, but um, it just naturally comes in.
0: Yeah. Listeners, if you don't know, and I don't think we knew this until we went to school, how much, how many things we're assessing at one time. And how much we're taking in and trying to interpret. And then we're trying to phase out our, compartmentalize out our yeah. reaction, human normal reaction to it too. Absolutely. And, you know, deciding, okay, what's theirs, what's mine. And then you have, but I think that's where spirit drops in too. Very much so. And sometimes another piece of this
1: is getting to a point where you know what is okay to share because one of the things that we're taught in graduate school is that you don't really want to share a lot of your own personal experience or unless what's going on it's in your life.
0: therapeutically necessary. necessary. <laughs> it got drilled in my head. Yes. Absolutely. And then I remember being very intimidated to share anything at the, at the beginning spirit is the discernment to all yes that's what that is yep and i always pause too before is like is this it's kind of like the buddhist thing is it kind is it necessary is it is it helpful yes so
1: i kind of over time developed a tool where i would um well so back to the whisper, back to like hearing things um, that might be helpful or that could apply in a situation. So um, I made myself a rule years ago that if it occurs to me three times, oh yeah, then I'm gonna bring it up in session with somebody. Um, and it may mean nothing to me at the time. And so I'll just tell people, this is kind of what I do. This happens. Um, and I'm going to throw this out here, and if it means something to you,
0: that's good, but take it or leave it, yeah. And I think I did do that with inter- helping people interpret their artwork, too. And then I, oh. I get hits from, like, from spirit, so too. So much. And I say, well, I'm really seeing this. Do you see that behind this? And I'm like, and, and you know, it almost, like, changes my view and helps me hone in on... Something maybe the client didn't see or needed to see.
1: Yes. And so what is the response you get when you do that? Wow. I didn't... You know, yeah. wow, that's
0: like, profound. Oh,
1: my God. How did you know that? Yes. Yeah. So you have some stories. I sure do. I sure do. I think the one that... um I think I'm going to start out with the one that um, involves pictures. And I here. you folks can't see the pictures, but I just want to tell you I was uh, visiting with a woman who had had um, you know, quite a bit of trauma growing up and it involved, you know, we were talking about her family of origin and her grandmother had played a huge, huge role in her life. And um, so we were sort of talking about her family and working on her trauma history, and I found myself just doodling, and I kept drawing this little image of it was kind of like a
0: medieval cross, is the way that I would. Yeah, put you it. sent you sent the picture you found it. you dug it up after I we found talked. it. It was amazing how it
1: was identical. Just wild. So after the third time I drew that thing, I said I. So I'm not really sure what this is, why I'm drawing this right now. And so I showed it to her, and my client goes, Oh my God, I've got a necklace from my grandmother that looks just exactly like that. So her grandmother was coming through. Oh my gosh, right? So the next week, she brought in the ne- necklace, and I got a picture of those things. Yeah, so, so yeah. Yes, hold they're them amazing. side by side, because like, you know, this is something here. <laughs> she also had a purse with the same symbol on it. So I just thought that was kind of fascinating, and it had it, nothing to do with me, Andrea. It no, was...
0: and that is one thing when it is truly dropping in S- from a higher source, that it's not something you've thought of before, no, and it has it usually has nothing to do with you i mean it it can, but in these certain situations it does not when you're when your focus is on healing or working with somebody else It's like
1: we're simply a conduit here, I've felt that way, yes, yes, not that we don't bring a whole
0: lot of you know like study and of course, but it kind of the it's almost like spirit helps discern what there to pick is from.
1: Discernment.
0: Yes, absolutely. I um had my psychic abilities develop after I got attuned to Reiki. And I was um practicing on one of my uh colleagues and um and she had purchased a couple sessions and I can't remember which one it was and and I knew her somewhat well. I was just we were just developing a friendship. And I remember being like on her third chakra and personal power center, and I was there, and I kept getting this image of like um, being in the middle between the past and the future, and there were construction workers' hard hats and stuff like that laying gold tiles like down for her to move through into this new future. It's like in like a vision. It was totally and again. Came back again. Came back again. I said, I see construction workers. She goes, you didn't know this about me. I worked construction. (laughs) She goes, I totally get the metaphor.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I had no idea. Isn't that just lovely? And I said, sometimes I feel crazy in saying some things that I don't understand. I'll say, this came up. I'm feeling a nudge to tell you this. I don't know what it means. Maybe you can tell me. I totally get that with you.
1: Yeah, it's holy. It's such a
0: lovely, lovely way to get to serve or. You know, and it's scary and I had the same experience in undergraduate school. I was taking a creativity class. I was mm-hmm. a graphic design and illustration major at the time. And we took like how to expand our imagination and creativity so we'd have journals. That those journal assignments triggered me having some pretty prolific dreams that like forward or that was going on that there was no way I would have known about. Oh, wow, yep. Like, I was on one side of New York, and my you know, I had a dream about a friend doing and spending time with a certain other friend that we hadn't seen in a long time. And you know, I talked to him on the phone, she said, Yeah, I've been hanging out with them a lot lately and it's just oh, like wow. I, and then i remember being really scared and shutting it down a little bit too yeah but it it can be a gift and i think we're told a lot that i mean these are natural and it's not something that i initially was seeking out it just kind of happens right with the alchemy of what we do yes
1: exactly and well i don't know i just think that it's so difficult we're, we are regulated by the government, and probably for really good reasons.
0: I mean, there have been people who've been hurt. And there are probably people who should not have been therapists. Correct. And, yeah. and abused their power.
1: Yeah. But that makes it harder for the rest of us when we have this sort of spiritual influence that's informing our work to feel safe. In sharing or safe in, honestly, I used to be terrified about this stuff. And what I've noticed is that the more I embraced it and moved into it and towards it, the more my caseload just naturally gravitated towards people who totally get it and
0: want it. And that's why they're there to see me. So And and it's like an amazing team members to have on board with you. And that's why you don't get burnout because it's like, it's, Uplifting it's light, it's the golden light that comes in that supports everything. This is the paycheck. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. So you had asked about stories. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw another one oh, in here. Yeah. Speaking of um being doing things that are like a little bit um what's the
0: word I'm looking for? Uh, You know, kind of radical. Unorthodox. Unorthodox. That's the word. You're uh, in the relationship rebellion on the Love (laughs) Anarchy (laughs) podcast. You belong here. (laughs) It's
1: true. (laughs) Card carrying member. (laughs) So here's the deal is that I had two different clients. Um, One of them, no, they were both massage therapists. One of them had had hideous trauma,
0: Hmm.
1: hideous sexual trauma. was very, very bad. The other was uh, like an intuitive medical healer. Mm -hmm. And I am an EMDR practitioner. What I knew about these women was that they would heal each other that they would be able to do this kind of healing in a way that would be more effective than I could ever just navigate just with EMDR.
0: Energy somatic release. Right.
1: So I arranged for a session in which um, the gal who had the big trauma was um, receiving a massage Deep tissue, you know, just I can't even remember what variety, but releasing everything kind. And I sat at the bottom of the bed and tapped the feet doing EMDR, just back and forth. just so that you know about EMDR, it's a it's a dual stimulus that allows the brain to be able to process trauma. And in that session, this client was able to process every single sexual related issue that she had ever dealt with
0: do you you think spirit was there (laughs) (laughs) and how how would you know because these women didn't know each other right they did after well I've said but before you you put it together
1: oh my god yes You know, and just so y'all know, we're not supposed to really, like, let people know that we know other people. You know, we have that confidentiality clause
0: and all the things. So Mm -hmm. I remember, Anne, that you had one more story that was pretty profound, that you had thought you told me years ago, but you didn't. And, yeah. yeah. So, we were working at a crisis line.
1: And, um, I got this telephone call and you know, you get, when you're doing that work, it's like bazillions of calls every day.
0: And from, we, yeah, I worked within, and it's from all different people. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what's going to happen. You
1: just have to kind of, well, hard pivot on the spot, figure out what to do. So I was talking to this one lady and she was having just the hardest time ever. Um, was out of money, out of food, out of medication, mm-hmm. and just super, super depressed. And she was dealing with the uh, grief that her son had passed away. Mm-hmm. And I, I was feeling kind of powerless because there wasn't... I gave gave her resources, gave her information, referrals about where she could go to get supports and so forth. But there was something um, like... That little whisper in my head, just going off, going, this lady's suicidal. Did you this ask her? This lady's not going to. Well, I mean, I don't remember. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's my job to ask her, so I probably did That's ask. what I was thinking. We often did ask, especially if we sensed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she
1: was like, well, yes, I feel, you know, I feel really bad, but I'm willing to wait it out. Like this, and I didn't, I wasn't getting that. I didn't feel her waiting. You felt something else. I felt something else, so I wrote down her address. And um, at the end of the day, and this, I you got to understand, this is something that's so um, um, unorthodox. This, I went to the grocery store and I bought groceries for her, I got cash so that she could um, buy her prescription medication. <sighs> wow. Right? So, um, and I showed up at her house. Now, this is the part that's just too wild for me. I go to her door, and she's standing there with wet hair, and she's got her screen door open. Welcome. Come on in. I've been expecting you, she said. What? I was suicidal and my son said to me, wait, help is coming. Wait. So there were messages all
0: over the all place. All over
1: the place with this one. It's like he sent me.
0: It's ah, exactly. Like, yes. Oh, this is the deceased son. Yes. Okay. That. Uh, okay. Yes.
1: And again, just like we've been talking about. There is no way in the world I I could have known that stuff. I mean, I assessed her just like I assessed, you know, all the other people I'd talked to that day. But you had this It feeling. was an inner knowing. We need to do this. Mm-hmm.
0: So, and that's one that I was afraid to talk about for a long time. I, I imagine, but it's like, yeah, but it's life or death. You knew exactly what you needed to do yes um laurie pointer and i used to have offices together above yes. the garment district and her guys would not leave me alone because i you know if they were trying to tell her something and she wasn't listening they'd like literally like poke <laughs> my shoulder and say tell her this <laughs> and i went and like say like something about her pants that color of your pants, your guides want you to know are good for you, and then she's like, "Oh, I know why." I'm like, "Well, thank God." But can you tell them to back off? <laughs> but you get to the
1: point where that's normal, and you're just like, "Oh, okay, that's just like you're having conversation with anybody
0: else." Well, I can't. Well, and I surround myself with, with people, people who get me and yes. and appreciate me and who understand too. Yes. I mean, but there isn't always going to be people who understand at all. And I think people are threatened by it or think it's evil or witchcraft or... Well, and in
1: the scientific community, forever and ever, um, people have been reticent to study anything that has to do with spirit or spirituality or prayer. Um you know what's interesting? I did a little Google search today, because years ago I read I, I read an article, in which um, people had tried to operationalize the idea of uh, prayer and the outcomes, health outcomes, in a cancer study, and actually had found statistically significant uh, relationship between people who had received prayer and um better outcomes.
0: Yeah, just like with, with meditation healing. and things like that, but the power of prayer. I mean, I've heard stories about people on death's door and recovering fully. Yes. Um like in and and we are just energy. So if our focus, like like in one of the last podcasts that I did talking about manifestation and the law of attraction, we have focused thought and then add the open heart of love with it, is, like, powerful so much.
1: Well, so what I found when I Googled today, what did you find? Pages. Pages of articles about research being done on prayer. And I found this article on WebMD, where they're um, actually looking at uh, improvement in, uh, cancer outcomes, rheumatoid arthritis outcomes now. So it's gotten to the point where WebMD is willing to talk about it. It's like, well, it's obvious as the nose on our faces, but it's starting to come mainstream a little bit
0: more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think when I was going to grad school, I went a little bit after you did. I graduated in 97. Mm -hmm. and literally the year when I started in 95 my the director of the program was writing a book spiritual art therapy and spirit just came into the picture it was just mind body before and it had just come in so that's really sent me on my spiritual journey and when I was writing my thesis too I had some pretty crazy Experiences like deep meditation and past life regressions and connection with spirit. With, I was doing Jungian dream work and art. Right. And it would circle into one another. And I felt like, you know, I just got swept into a spiritual time when I'm writing and then doing art and dreaming and meditating. So could it be said that you were called to this work? Hmm. Hmm. I know I was. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I was drawn to Carl Jung, because he he embraced Eastern philosophy and religions. So if we think about it that way, that spirituality has been around since the conception of psychotherapy. So then going back to these things as a gift and kind that we can all develop in the it's spirituality and these ability to listen and connect i mean prayer is talking to god right, right. and then meditation is listening. listening so is these are just different ways of listening too yes absolutely yeah then and we all have it in us and the ability to do that So why are we hesitant to talk about? Because I noticed as we do talk about it, that there's like, oh, should I say this or should I say that? Like, especially that these are gifts that women in the past have been killed.
1: I know. The whole Salem witch trials, the whole, think about all the way back in the beginning of um, psychology, how um, people were talking about responses that women in particular were having. Right. And referring to those as hysteria, which basically translates to wandering uterus. When yeah. actuality what was happening was that those women had been traumatized and sexually abused, right?
0: And so then stigmatized. Yeah, because Freud wrote that in his book about them being sexually assaulted and abused, either as children or young adults, and that's why their behavior was like it was. But he was told by the higher-ups, who probably were abusing their children, to take it out and change it. Right. So
1: no wonder we're feeling a little muzzled. No wonder this is scary to talk about this.
0: Well, and I really had to dissect it, like, when I first, why was I scared when I first discovered these things? Right? Yes. And and I was, and I shut down some of my psychic abilities as a kid because it scared me. I had some audio abilities when I was younger, which I don't have anymore, but I Mm. shut them down because it in it wasn't safe, and we want to be accepted in our culture, in our family of origin and our friends and people around us, well, also in our careers and our abilities to make a
1: living for ourselves and our families mm-hmm. so
0: even talking about this is a risk, yeah, exactly, in that. It scares you know it scares some people and growing up Catholic, I was I remember I came out here and I met my friend who's a therapist and she was a witch and she wasn't jamming it down my throat and everything and she like let me ask questions but I remember being really afraid but why?
1: Wow, well that you
0: were indoctrinated that that's unsafe that that's but so are these gifts and a lot of. People believe, even though they come from a spiritual place, that they think, oh, you think you're God, or they come from an evil place.
1: So that brings me around to one last story that I'd like to share, Hmm. just about um, working with a woman who also had big, big psychic abilities and was terrified of this. And her family members, like her parents... Her mother um, were stood in a lot of judgment about it, and so she was afraid to talk about this. And as part of my practice, what I tried to do was to just get her in touch with her gift and to just listen, just try to harness that and see what the messages are, and um, came to a point where I could, refer to her for her growth as you are a curandera you have these gifts and it was almost like there was an opening for her in her recovery and her spirit and um she started just
0: Blasting through making boundaries with you, people, and you you reframed it instead of something bad or that made you a black sheep or ostracized yes. you from the family to a gift. Yes, and that's the same with a, like I get a lot of empaths coming in, and they're like, "I'm too sensitive." and so I'm like, "It's not a bad thing," and this is part of being intuitive because you can pick up on so many different things, and this is part of the love and the spirit and that energy too. It's kind of like the beginning, the beginnings of it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely not something to be afraid of. And, and I've loved teaching people about this and, you know, and reframing it like, like you did that, that these things are gifts and, you know, and that's one thing as a therapist is being totally accepting and, creating a loving safe space for people to be exactly who they are and you know be able to reframe and and embrace instead of being afraid of parts of themselves
1: absolutely and the growth we see when we do this mhm it's just amazing we see changes in their skin tones the way their eyes look the way they carry their bodies it's like yes it's Tuning them into loving themselves in spirit.
0: Mm-hmm. It is. And it, it, we kind of stopped the recording. And, and you asked me that profound question. I'm like, I noticed some fear, even though I practice this. I surround myself who, with people who understand and embrace it. But yeah, there are those people who, you know, who it scares them. too and so then i become
1: scared we got scared of it when it first started to be
0: apparent to us you know Mm -hmm. yeah so listeners if you have this and you haven't shared it with people there are coaches and therapists out there that can help you with this gift So as we begin to wrap up this podcast, is there any words or gems of wisdom that you'd like to share with the listeners?
1: You know, I would just say it's really okay to tune into yourself to just really, really listen. Allow yourself to be present in the moment and receive whatever the messages are for you. It's safe to do that. I've learned that even through this process of doing this podcast, that when I get quiet and start to just really engage in this little conversation that we're having, it just frees everything up. Nothing is locked anymore.
0: I can just hear and just speak. Yeah. And these conversations are important and for people to know you on that level. And even though Anne and I have known each other for 20 plus years and worked together and we even had private practice together, you know, having these deep conversations are really important to really get to know somebody else and connect with them. Because, you know, and when you talk about it, you'll meet other people who have similar experiences. So Anne, it's been a pleasure. You're an amazing person and an amazing therapist and I'm so glad I met you and we started our private practices together. Ditto. It's been a delight to reconnect like this.
1: Yes. Thank you has. for having me. Thank you.
0: And thank you listeners for listening in with us on the Love Anarchy podcast in the Relationship Rebellion where we get deep about love, relationships, and dating. I'm your host, Andrea Atherton, mindset coach and love specialist, signing off with you today. But before, wanting to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening in with us, because I know you have a myriad of podcasts that you can listen to. Please tell your friends about the podcast so they can join you in enjoying the rebellion. And don't forget to subscribe, ring the bell, leave feedback, like the podcast. It supports its growth so much. You can listen in on any of your favorite podcast platforms. If you want to become a part of the Rebellion community, join us on Love Anarchy Podcast on Facebook. I'm going to leave you with my favorite short but sweet quote. Love is the only true power.